and welcome to another episode of Up to the Past, where we are doing our Ask the Podcast special. These are questions that were posed to us by our Patreons via our Discord server. You can get access, and if you want to do this for our next one, if you've got questions burning holes in your pockets, then you can come and ask us. You can do that signing up to our Patreon, which is at patreon.com forward slash zapped to the past for about £4.50, it is, whatever that is in your local equivalent. Get the episodes early, ad-free, all that kind of thing. But more importantly, ask us questions and then we will answer them when we do these specials which we kind of released in between seasons because at the moment i do believe we are in between seasons we've done 1988 1989 is awaiting in the wings who knows what that will bring but before we get there we've got questions to ask questions posed to us by our patreon so graham are you ready for these questions i am ready all right so let's get into them this is from uh, j dove they ask so while you two were kicking mercenary again do that gold medal it got me to thinking what beloved c64 games would you not recommend instead substituting a better version or something that built on the foundations of the older game for example and uh, they loved the c64 version of bubble bobble and we played it well into the 90s but it would be hard to recommend over the more accurate arcade ports out there on modern platforms. Uh, left of center recommendation, uh, Mercenary, but it was kind of made redundant by Damocles on the Amiga, um, and the more recent, the Outer Wilds. Conversely, I can't think of a better implementation of Impossible Mission or the train. So, what would okay. we think? Do you got anything that C six twelve games you'd not, you know, that you love that you wouldn't recommend? Um, or, or the opposite. I think the other weren't the, all the other versions of Whizball crapper. Yeah, Whizball was de facto the best on the C sixty four by you know, and especially the music and everything. Yeah, um, so I think Paradroid. That, yeah, so that's his conversely Paradroid. Yeah, I don't think, was there a better version of Paradroid? There's heavy metal no. Paradroid, wasn't there? Which was the I think Paradroid the C sixty four is the version, isn't it? No matter how yeah. they tried, they've never beaten it really. Was the was the Amiga version any good? I don't know if it. Um, no, it was all right, but it's not as good as the C sixty four one. I think. I mean, IK plus. Arguably better on the Amiga than the C64. Yes. Um, yeah. I think IK Plus was better, and IK Plus was an iteration of, of Wave Exploding Fist, really, wasn't it? That kind of game. So Yeah. But I mean, we, we do like IK Plus on the C64, but go yeah. play the Amiga version. That was the version we played around at your house a lot, wasn't it? I remember that. Yeah. And any of the Cinemaware games were, with the exception maybe of Defender of the Crown, but Rocket Ranger and a few of those were better. And I suppose you could argue, although it's not the same game, but Maniac Mansion was great in the C64, but Secret Monkey Island and the Amiga, just, that just stomps on it from a great height, doesn't it? I mean, it, they're good, good, great games, but using the same sort of point and click, Secret Monkey Island is it's insanely good on the uh, Amiga. Did that render sort of Maniac Mansion a bit irrelevant? Then, yeah, think, it, I think it did a little bit. And Turrican as well. Turrican 2 on the Amiga is outstanding. And okay. it's great on the C64, but on the Amiga, it's it's just it's astonishing. It's an astonishing game on the Amiga Turrican 2. And the music especially, my gosh. You're up there, yeah. with the, uh, you're up there in, the, in the League of Invincibility with the Turrican 2 music by um, Chris Hulsbeck on the Amiga. It's astonishing. Yeah. I'm trying it's to think of any others. What what are the, what beloved C sixty four games? I mean, I'm, I mean, obviously there's things like Hypersports where you'd probably play the arcade game. Um, yeah, yeah, but I mean the C sixty four version is still pretty decent. It's still pretty good. It's still very good. And yeah, I, I, Ghost you know, and Goblins. Ghost and Goblins is always better in the arcade. Is, is that one of our beloved C sixty four games? Well, I think it is. It's one of those games that people remember fondly. Commando, they do, they do remember yeah. fondly. That's better in the arcade. Yeah, yeah. I suppose better version of something. I suppose old. any of the arc, any of the arcade. Conversions. I mean, most arcade conversions are going to be better, aren't they? Most of them, yeah. sort of thing. But something that built... Can you think of something where built on the foundations? I know you've probably not played The Outer Wilds, but that takes mercenary sort of builds a bigger sort of world out. And I can no, see I've what not played anything like that. There. I mean, I, um, I'm just trying to think of the games 
that I played on the Amiga that sort of captured my attention for a bit. I can't think what the C64 vari- variation of Syndicate might be or anything like that. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I'm trying my, to think. I, I kind of divorced my C64 gaming experience from my Amiga experience. I, I don't often relate the two together, weirdly. I know, mm. I, you know, I, I think of playing football games, but I think of instantly of, of, of the soccer games on the Amiga. I don't tend to think of the C64 games, but if I think of Whizball or anything like that, then I'm on the C64. yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know, apart from the obvious arcade conversion, I'm trying to think of stuff where the C64 version, where I look at that and go, that is part of something that we play. I mean, there was maybe stuff like we said about Fernandez Must Die, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. where you've, you've got Halo. You can see yeah. elements of that, you know, the Jeep riding, the two players in the Jeep and things like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of... Well, it's that GTA with- game, aren't there? New York City. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was. <laughs> I'm not sure I call it Beloved. <laughs> no, it wasn't what you call a great C64 game. <laughs> no, it um, really wasn't. No, I can't no. think. I'm trying, I'll, I'll maybe come back to. I'll, I'll maybe circle back on that because something will pop in my mind. I mean, you've got you got pirates and things like that, haven't you? And that was pretty good on the 64. I mean, I, I could probably. I, I might say something like, "You wouldn't." I, I mean, it'd be hard to show someone Pit Stop Two as much as I love it when yeah. you can put Gran Turismo or Forza or Project yeah, Gothic Racing true. and stuff like that in front of them. Yeah. So racing games, I think, are a, and sports games, I think, are a good one. So I really like fighting it games, really fighting I mean, I games. Like... Yeah, so exploding fist, though, those kind of things. Where I really do like some of those games on the C sixty four. It's hard to put, like I said, Pit Stop Two is a good example. I have yet to play a game as engaging. I never came across an Amiga variation or a better version of Yusagi Yajimbo. No, no, that's no. unique to the sixty four and its implementation. Really, that yeah. I mean, there's games like it, sort of that kind of wandering along and yeah, as we've just, got now and uh, stuff like that. But yeah, not much that sort of does it in that kind of style. I don't know. Yeah, here we go. There you go. That's that one. Um, David Hearn Writer asks, "What are your favourite beverages? Example: If coffee, an Andy Cap, or a lave, la- <laughs> lave long black. If cocktails, what's your favourite? <laughs> a mercenary martini or an idle on elixir? Um, <laughs> okay, have we got favourite <laughs> beverages. I, I drink Pepsi Max." I like a good cup of coffee. I do like a good coffee. And I I drink Americano coffees or espresso. Americano. Um, yeah. So Americano is espresso with more water in it. Um, okay. And, it, and just as an aside, if I'm in a coffee shop and somebody says, and I ask for an Americano and they say, do you want milk with that? I say, no, I ask for an Americano because an Americano is a black coffee. It doesn't okay. require milk. And then they say, do you want to leave room for milk? I'm like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> Look, um, let's not talk liquid dispersal here. I don't want your milk. <laughs> Keep your milk. But for, for cold drinks, I actually, I really like sparkling water. How boring is that? But I also, you know, diet, I don't like the diet drinks. I like Coke Zero though, weirdly enough. I like, prefer, I actually prefer Coke Zero to any other yeah, I'm, drinks. Yeah, pe- I've drink pretty much li- live off Pepsi Max, Pepsi Max and tea and beer. Um, tea, I'll, obviously I drink tea as well. I mean, you wouldn't be an Englishman if I didn't drink tea. But uh, weirdly, I drink coffee in the day and tea in an evening. I don't drink ever drink coffee in an evening unless I'm in a restaurant. And then that's just to make sure my eyes are wide awake. When I'm driving home, <laughs> also as well, so you can keep your your eyes on those uh, those waiters. They have busy fingers. <laughs> they do, they do. We have to watch them, watch them like hawks. <laughs> Other than that, I don't drink wine or you know anything like that. So, were you ever a cocktail drinker? I, I have drank yes. cocktails in my time, but I'm not a big cocktail. I drinker. really, I mean, I don't drink anymore. But when when I did, my favourite cocktail is a tequila sunrise because I really, really, really mm-hmm. like tequila. That's the one spirit I really, really like. Um, but good tequila. There's a massive difference between crappy Cuervo Gold and you know a really good bottle of a Silver Patron or something like that with the more expensive tequilas. But 
I don't drink any of that anymore. But if I did, that's what I'd have as a tequila sunrise because I do like that. Okay, there you go. Uh, he also asks, what other side-scrolling beat-em-ups, arcade, do you enjoy apart from the awesome final fight that you've mentioned several times in the podcast as a favourite? Example, Growl. No, we heard of Growl. Golden Axe, no. The Punisher, Double Dragon, 64th Street, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I enjoy them all. <laughs> I'll always, I always uh, will always have a soft spot for Knights of the Round because we completed it that day. When Where we, we bashed down, yeah, we smashed in the arcade that day, didn't we? Yeah, when we did that. So I'll always have a favorite of that. My favourite of these was always Golden Axe, I think. Yeah, I like any of those any of those sort of Capcom-y ones. There's loads of them, isn't there? There's Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. There's Aliens versus Predator, I think, and Aliens ones. There's there was the thingy ones as well. The, the was it Tecmo and Team Ninja? There was the Nin, Shinobi ones or Ninja? Yeah, Nin, became like Ninja Gaiden. The ones I think became Ninja Gaiden. Was it yeah, Ninja yeah. Gaiden? Yeah, I like all of those. I mean, Final Fight good. is the is one of the daddies of them, but I also quite liked, you know, some of the others that came out around the time. There's loads of them, though. Yeah, I was never a massive fan of things like Double Dragon. That really never did it for me, I don't mm, think. Not, no, it, it's all right, but it's not as good as some of the others. And Street Fighter? Not Street Fighter, what was it? Street Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage. On, oh, that's a great game, that is. You like Streets, Streets of Rage, Rage, don't you? Yeah, especially Streets of Rage 3, or was it 2 or 3, were the later sequels that came yeah. out really good. But they're basically Final Fight. Yes. It's a good opportunity to plug the amazing book, actually, this the side-scrolling beat-em-up book. What's it called? I've got, a, I've got it somewhere here. He's gone off to find a book. It's called Go Straight from Bitmap Books. It's a massive, massive book. It's a, like a look at this. Look, look. I'll show you. I'll show Adi in the camera. You can ah. see weighty tome. <laughs> the perspective. But it's a, it's a literally a beautiful full color, and I'm not plugging this for plugging its sake. It is an amazing thing, and it's the ultimate guide to side-scrolling beat-em-ups, and it contains really beautiful stills and images really printed in really an amazing detail of every size scroll beat up arcade on every platform it's an ace book go and get it because it's brilliant and, and i think they're quite limited in print so if you get if you see one grab it they're really oh, good okay. okay that's good yeah there we go uh roger dodger asks after having to play a certain game with an area of north london in the title and the general poor quality of 1988 games what crap games from previous episodes don't feel so bad now <laughs> Especially after the episode that we've just done. Oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, God. he's talking about Lee Enfield, isn't he? That's the one he's he mentioning. Must be, North yeah. London, yeah. I mean, there was Win Bobner. There was a period where this was, was Infograms was just pulling out the crap. Lee Enfield is a, was possibly an it is. idea. So, so what games don't feel as crap now because of Lee Enfield? Yeah, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> a lot of those, yeah, a lot of those ones from those early, those first ones. I mean, some of the games had really wild ideas in those early ones, you know, going back to the old... Uh, Birdman with his uh, man pants on and all that. <laughs> Metabolis. And things Metabolis. like Dick, Dickie's Diamonds. Dickie's Diamonds and stuff. And we were braided them for the stupidity of their ideas, not knowing that Lee Enfield and all those other pieces of crap. <laughs> Lur- lurked in our future. Yeah. What was that What was that game where you was a French kickboxer? What was that one? French kickboxer? Wasn't that Win Bobner? Is that Win Bobner? Yeah. So we Win Bobner, yeah. It was, yeah. That sort of rubbish. Yeah. That, that came along and sort of, you know, gave the crap of 1986, 87 the hold my beer kind of approach. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, goodness absolutely. Me. I mean, I, I look back now sort of thing and say, you know what? I won't mind a game where I have to hold my hands underneath the table and then press the button when a, <laughs> when a fish might catch my, my rod. <laughs> a nice sedate game of Jack Charlton's match fishing doesn't seem so bad now. No, absolutely. And you know what? The, a lot of the issues and stupidity in those games, like the canoe simulator and stuff. <laughs> kayak. Um, yeah, kayak. Kayak. A lot of those stupidity <laughs> in those games, they were innocently kind of just finding, what we said at the time, innocently finding their feet in a new computer new industry new gaming world by 1988 they were just producing any old crap you know they were just if it could be put onto a tape then and, and it works and we, people were dancing their code into games as we've seen so <laughs> 
yes, they were. <laughs> anything went. It was just a while. It was, anything it was went. crazy. Wild West. Anything went. Uh, I mean, prevailing themes aside, you know, where there's been you know, shoot 'em ups and stuff like that, they've been of mixed quality. But when these games come along that are bad, you know, and remember that we've we've not had anything as low in terms of percentage from Zap as the Alice in Video Land era. No, there was that and Robobolt, weren't there? Robobolt. So they came as what, three and four, was it? In low, the low percent. So we've had, I don't think we've had anything quite as low as that, but I think what's the lowest we've reached, I think, during 1988? I think eight. Seven, I think. Seven or eight percent. Seven or eight percent. I think, yeah, Lee Enfield, I think, got eight percent. And there's been a few occasions where we said this didn't deserve even that. Yeah. Um, you know, been. I'm thinking of some of the arcade conversions, even. What was that? Prison Break. Do you remember that? Oh, Jailbreak. <laughs> jailbreak, where you couldn't control it diagonally. You could only go up, down, left, or right. And- <laughs> yeah. Just stupid. Yeah, just ridiculous, bad. Well, yeah. that other one, the, the one where you started off on a, on a, on a field of yellow and it just scrolled oh, the screen on at the same time. Yeah. What was that one? Yellow, just, yeah. Was... Just scrolling the screen from left to right and it was just yellow. Stupid, um, stupid. And with, you know, that 1943 we've had to look at. Ugh, level yeah. level so short that I blinked and I was on level seven. Exactly. And yet with the same snooker game has been coming back every every year. <laughs> yeah. It's a perennial favourite. <laughs> it it might get its own award. <laughs> you know, unleash the crappy pit unleash the crappy snooker game. <laughs> game you played the most award. Um yeah, we don't know. We'll see. And but yeah. Mysteriously it got to the top of the charts in one of its iterations as well. Steve Davis Snooker was there for months. Yeah. Honestly. Terrible, terrible. This seems like a particularly good point, Adrian, to introduce. I don't know if you remember this, but yes. uh, Nick James yeah. recorded some questions with us way back in episode 100. Now, we didn't yeah. use them for episode 100, but it seemed more opportune to put them here. So let's include Nick James's questions right here. I've got a couple of questions for you guys. If it's going to make it, make, make it, but it'd be. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 go for yeah, it. Go absolutely. One. How do you guys get time to do this every week? I mean, I've, I've, I have spent hours on this watching crappy videos, writing stuff, and you know, just for for one game, and then you'll do an eight or nine. Plus, you're looking at the singles, or you're looking at or whatever, and then you've got to edit it and everything else, and put it, put it together. It must, honestly, it must. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna answer that carefully because I don't want to get sacked. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 how I wrote a lot of this and uh, did my research. Yeah, enough said about that. Yeah. I think from my from my perspective, well, we split the games, so that's yeah. the one thing. So we only have half the games, so we we do the big review to have them. But you both um, play them, though. We all yes, we do, yes, but we, we do, do play everything. Yes, we do play everything. And some of the games are quite in depth. Some of the, like the other week, we did that bloody. I had to wade through that president is missing thing right. oh, good, uh, good lord well, fortunately um, that didn't work for me but. yeah i don't think the reviews that's come out for that just yet but um yeah it didn't but i had to wait through that but it is a case of just just don't know i think we've just got better at them um i just got better at spotting what this game yeah, is immediately yeah, yeah. so we within a few minutes i can get a full i'm kind of yeah i get this and and just being able to you know i think we've just got better at writing mm. you know just find the bits we've we we've just got a bit of more of a formula now and i think we can we, we i can ratchet through them in a in a few hours and do you um, sort of do stuff in one take like when you would come and record is it pretty much all done in one take i tell oh, you yeah yeah, Graham, yeah. Do, do oh, you, yeah. you edit them don't you yeah I do. I edit. The, I edit it, but I don't edit much. It very, very minimal content. Things just I produce them as, as in sense that I get rid of the sounds and the noises and the the bits and bobs Locking. that are extraneous. But the actual content is it's as it's spoken. Yeah, we do three sections generally. We have the first lot, the intro to the end of the first part. Take a break. We do the singles thingies one take, and then we do the last lot of games in the out, and it's all one go. And you do it on a Thursday night, do you? Yes, every, every Thursday. Hour. So how many hours per episode? Takes about two or two and a half hours, doesn't it? Two and a half, three three hours, let's say, with all the breaks yeah. and bits and bobs. 
from about seven till ten we do them. Cool. Yeah. One, one that keeps coming up, space, uh, especially in recent weeks, is uh, keep saying, "Oh, they're ripping the kids off, they're ripping the kids off." But I suppose I always think, well, maybe it was a two-way street at the time because when someone made a game, they must have thought, "Well, they're going to copy it, they're going to get their freeze fame or whatever, they're going to, you know." So maybe they needed to charge ten. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I think. Yeah, that, you well, could be right. I mean, possibly. I don't think that's the case. I think a lot of that money was paying for licenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. We see all these licensed games. They're always ten pound because they've got to. They've got to pay Konami or Sega mm. or Tecmo or whoever have made the arcade game. So they have to pay for that. Yeah, and they've got to make some profit on top. Yeah, I mean bugbear is the fact it's not not that we get ports to support in this episode which is very good mm. um it's the quality of them and and the fact that they know they must know banging them out because but they must know they're awful mm-hmm. because i mean we we knew back then zap knew people reviewed them and said they were rubbish so it's not like back then everyone was going oh all these games are amazing they were they were crap then they're crap now they know they know they're rubbish but they're, they're choosing to put out awful in some ways you know sometimes un you know broken garbage uh, that yeah. and, and charge a tenner for it yeah i mean i I remember at the time like because like i'm from sort of your neck of the woods a bit further down south like great yarmouth way so like with lots of arcades and stuff like that and even it was a game we didn't play when it just come out on a commodore 64 i'd want it i'd read them read the review it was crap i'd still want to go either buy it or uh, obtain a copy of it but you know i was always Mm. it, it did used to rope me in Exactly. Yeah, you wanted that arcade experience in, yeah, in your house. You wanted, you wanted to, you wanted to be a paper boy and stuff like that. And then you played it. And you went, oh, I don't want to be a paper boy. I, I like paid this. a lot of paper boy in a couple of sixty four. I didn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> it was one oh. of those ones. It was sort of like it's not quite right, but it it works. It's it a game right. that takes place on a, a quarter of the screen. <laughs> yeah. What's <laughs> yeah, wrong with the rest? Good. Anyway, um, I'll let you guys crack on, really. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much. Cheers, Nick. Al eighty two retro asks. Which C64 game or games do you think would benefit from a modern remake or that you would like to see remade? Ooh, that's a quite good question, actually, that. Paradroid. I always say it. Yeah, we said that before, Paradroid. I'm thinking the games that perhaps not sit on the more unusual side. So the games that we've, some of the games that we've played, we've gone, actually, that that was really good and we didn't, and it surprised us. You know, the games that took, the games that have caught us by surprise, um, I think, are the ones that I'd like to, you know, yeah. to see a bit more of. It surprises me, actually, that there isn't more modern, and maybe there is, you might correct me for this, but there isn't more modern Olympic-style event games, like World Games and stuff. Um, you, I think, I don't know, to be fair, they're not my cup of tea, but I mean, we've had things, and the most recent ones I can think of are like Sonic and Mario at the Olympics. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, like done in the tradition of Summer but Olympics and the games. Uh, um, there were some, I think, there were some, I think, on the 360. Mm. I, there's probably some recently, but I, I honestly don't know. Um, the last good ones I can remember of that ilk were the Sega ones, your Virtua Athlete, yeah. Decathlete in the arcade, which was fantastic. But I think, you know, I said, we said it before, for me, I think... Um, I'd like to see um, a more modern take of Yusaki Ajimbo, I think. Well, done in I was going to say way. that because you, you mentioned that. I mean, would something like, because I've not played it, but I think you've played it. It's on my to, to playlist. That, that Ghost of Tsushima, is that yeah. is that similar? Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, I mean, it's not rabbits and stuff, but it's not thingy, but it's that kind yeah. of. Well, there's mini ninjas as well, which is, it's almost, if you got a yeah. hybrid of the two, you could almost get and away there, with that. There, there was a game on, oh, was it PS1 or PS2, I think, which was Bushido Blade. Well, it was one of yeah. the Bushido Blades where you had to, it's like one hit kills, but you had to bow and you had to show uh, you could start fights or you've been nice to people in this village. Mm-hmm. And stuff. So there were elements of that in that kind of thing. So there have been elements, but you know the, the rabbit headed and the animal thingy. Is, is I a think um, I'd thing. like to see um, modern remake of 
um, I think Barbarian might deserve a more modern remake. I think maybe, um, you know, in the tradition of that sort of Conan style looking game. Yeah, I mean, the closest you get now is Soul Calibur, isn't it? Yeah, that's With, what I mean, we- but not, like, not done that way. Not done in that kind of, you know, Japanese arcade Soul Calibur way. Done yeah. in a barbarian way, you know, you know th- lots of thudding and you know, grunting and, you know, m- and more to it, not just, you know, one-on-one fighter, but a bit more yeah, yeah. to it. And maybe... Um, Sacred Armor of Antiriad could do with, you know, you could, that, could that, it's got enough epic story behind it to give it, you could make something more of it in a yeah. bigger format. Um, and think, think of what the music might be like for something like that, you know, thinking of all the orchestral music that's been for these things. That'd be yeah. Nice. I mean, Jade have mentioned it up at top, top as well, sort of thing, but you could, um, the train. Yes, actually, yeah, there's been, that's another one. That was one that caught, really caught us by surprise at how good it was, wasn't it? Yeah. The train. Very much Ace so. of Aces, maybe. And maybe there's, maybe there's probably some games like that. I'd yeah. Thought already, but I think, but, I think the train, something sort of that sort of, traveling across sort of war-torn France. You could imagine that yeah. now with like Battlefield 5 visuals and stuff. It could be like, be like bloody hell. It could be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dandere 2 and Dandere. Maybe the Dandares or something to do with Dandere. It's a good character. It's just good characters to have put into a more modern... I don't know. I don't know. But, Maybe. Um, I'm just trying to think of a game that's really engaged me. I think if you, if you take a step away from sort of the visual remakes or things like that, there's quite a few that we said would, would turn into good mobile games. We've yeah, seen, there's loads of the puzzlers. That would yeah, loads of the things we've seen going, this is a great puzzle game idea, just 20 yeah. years too early. There's quite yeah. a few of them. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a single one. But I know we've said it about quite a few. That one where you got angle, the, like the laser beams round, that would do a good Oh, that Pulse Warrior. No, no that, that one, but the one that came before that, the Fused, was it? or Brainstorm. Con- confusion, was it? Confusion was really early. Confusion the one with the sort oh, of... I can't, I can't, there was one where, one where you had to sort of, you had a spinning laser and you had to... It was Gremlin. I can't remember what the game was now. Oh, Deflector. Deflector might make a good one. Yeah, it could be, yeah. There you go. Then he also asks, which C64 game would you like to see turned into a movie? Hmm. You sagging a Jimbo. I think it's the closest yeah, one we've got to a proper I think you, narrative. You're going to get Kung Fu Pandery, though, isn't it? Really, that. But maybe, yeah. Uh, I mean, you could go with Maniac Mansion. You need something with a bit. You need something with a yeah. bit of a narrative. Uh, maybe otherwise. Defender of the Crown. Oh, that's kind of already is a movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the game, the Sin, film based Sinbad on the game, based on the film. Imagine the Sinbad get Sinbad movie. You sit there looking at, with the guy just looking at signs and scratching his head, going, "Which which which way do I go?" Yeah, and the lip I mean, dance. Yeah, the lip you dance. could, you could, you could do Lord of the West. Yes, you could do. Maybe make a movie out of that. I suppose it's kind of. There must be westerns that do yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I mean, the sheriff protecting the town and whatever sort of thing. I mean, you could, you could pull something from to it. To be fair, that um, a... train game again. Well, it was based on a film, wasn't it? Oh, so, well, then that's why. I think it's a Burt Lancaster film. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, they stole a million, maybe something there. Yeah, weirdly enough, that stole a million. Just as, as an aside, actually, there's, there's a Peaky Blinders game that's come out recently, which is like uh, which is like I watched the trailer for it. And it looks very much like um, they stole a million. Weirdly, but you control the Peaky Blinders a lot. I suppose you've got to think of if to be something to be turned into a movie, it's got to have a lot of compelling characters and stuff going on. So many at Mansion and things like that do mm. lend themselves to that kind of thing where you've got characters. Um, so maybe something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think where there's been games that have had characters that have been equally as interesting, but there's not that many. And a lot of the games, they're not turned, they're not directly C64 games turned into movies, but there's a lot of films that, because they were watching a lot of films at the time, a lot of those films tropes of the time made it into those games. So Sacred Armor of Antero is a classic example of, lots of different bits of fantasy film rolled into yeah. that game at the beginning. So, I mean, I suppose you, you could do something like, um, you could do something interesting with something like Coronas Rift. Yeah, or Risk of Fractalis. Yeah, thinking Coronas Rift, like it, 
your, your, our hero could be exploring an abandoned mm-hmm. thingy and finding stuff and finding this civilization things open up from there and what have you and mm-hmm. moving from okay. there. Could be quite interesting. Move his turn to C64 games if you were going to reverse that. What would you what, do there? Modern ones. Yeah, could, you imagine a, movie, could you imagine yeah. a Matrix, D64 Matrix game? <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could imagine it. It, it just give it, you know, don't give the conversion <laughs> to the wrong people, as I'm saying don't, there. Don't give it to Tiatex. No, no, no. Or to anyone in France, no disrespect to anybody in France, but no. We've not been really impressed with the games coming out of France, I'm very sorry to say. No, at least not this moment. But I remember Another World eventually comes from that direction, doesn't it? And oh, that's true, yeah. I think so, and yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, but no, I think a modern movie turned into a C64 game, just off the top of my head. And um, What would be fun? Fast and Furious, maybe that would make a good C64 game. <laughs> you know what that would be like? It'd be like Talladega. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just trying to think that it's a game that could make it onto C64. It could be. It could be, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, because if you see 64 turn into a movie, I think you, I mean, the closest, the closest I would say is, you know, it's not the thingy, but obviously Great American Cross Country Road Race was cannonball run based, wasn't it? Yeah, so, cannonball run. But that, yeah, say it's true. True. Could you do, I mean, could you do, and one, I mean, you don't get many, well, apart from Captain America, we've not had many superhero games, have we? So, no, not really. Thank, thankfully, no. Could you imagine something like, the Hulk or the Iron Man, or can you imagine what the sprite would look like? <laughs> Which one, the Hulk? Well, any of them. Eight C sixty four. No, you know, I love the C sixty four, but eight bit Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man would be cool. It's Spider Man or the Hulk. They're just going to look like sort of squat and blob and blobby. <laughs> but they could work. They could work it. I suppose. It could work they could if you work. could do sort of a swinging motion. I mean, if you animated it like the cats and something like that, sort of on the tiles and stuff, you could have a nice yeah, animated true sprite. Enough. True. True. Um, swinging. So that's swing, all you'd have. But yeah, true. Thing. Yeah, but. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, there you go. Set me guy says, "I have a question. A real simple one. Oh no, who is who? <laughs> you're Zusha, aren't you? And I'm Zap yeah, to the I'm past. Yeah, I'm Zusha, and you're Zap to the past. I'm Zap to the easy. past on the Discord. Yeah. Andy Mike's got a load of questions. Which brand of cassette tape was the best and worst for copying C64 games? <laughs> like the TDK or BASF one it we used. Uh, BASF generally, if you were feeling you know kind of posh. Yeah. Or TDK, TDK with the better of the yeah. ones. And if you're feeling really, uh, if you're feeling really risky, you press the Dolby NR button. <laughs> Those, I think they're the only brands of tape I bought. Remember Gary buying some really cheap Memorex and really regretting it. They were so brown. The tapes were brown, yellow and <laughs> so brown. brown. It's like a C64. <laughs> you think they'd lend ones. themselves to that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got that yellow and brown that have lent themselves to C64 duplication. You can always tell as well were. whether the cassettes were because you could tell by the sort of color of the tape in the tape. If it was if it was very brown, you knew you were in for a low quality production. True. The, the darker the tape you bought when you bought actually bought an original. Exactly. And I used to get a lot of um, discs off Gary, and they always had a funny sort of smell about them. Um, so <laughs> it's probably the brown sauce. <laughs> That's what it's. That's why these tapes are always brown. Just <laughs> running through the brown sauce of the Tron. <laughs> uh, did you use high-speed dubbing for copying cassette games, and did it work? I never did, no. I had a backup. No, I, I, I didn't. I used, I used Originally, I used an ordinary like duplicate tape thing for a short time before I had a uh, expert cartridge and an action replay. And that yeah, just, you did no, that. I, then, I, then I had no need for any of those things. Yeah, weirdly, if you just copied them in a normal um, hi-fi, they worked. I remember copying... Yeah, there's no reason why they shouldn't. It was inside Out, that one from the Edge, the 3D one. Mm-hmm. I remember copying that and it worked. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that worked. So no, I never did high-speed dubbing. That's just the recipe for disaster. Aye. Did you ever steal your parents, sibling, or friends' music cassettes and copy over them with C64 games? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know what happened to your tape. Flip the inlay over right on My the... sister was well into Christa Berg. Um, <laughs> you did a good thing, so. then. Yes, I was. I felt like I was doing this uh, for the short. I say it was for a short time, but even when I was 
sticking, getting expert cartridge games and obviously freeze framing them and then whacking on a tape. If I didn't have a tape to hand, it was a quick raid, bedroom raid, <laughs> go in the tape box, grab the one that said Christa Berg, stick the tape over the thing and that was it. Yeah. Claimed. Done. And did you ever get caught playing strip poker or any of the saucy games on your C64 by your parents or siblings? No, I remember showing my dad Ra Lovely, not knowing really what it was because I've got the disc off of me. <laughs> And it, it, Ra Lovely was on a disc with um, a few other things. And Ra Lovely, I think, is some kind of German cartoon. There was this really weird Red, red Riding Hood, like sort of more pervy version, as I recall. I'm remembering it vaguely. Vaguely. I and remember I remember putting it on, showing my dad, going, well, check this out. This and I remember it had really good music. And then it just, little Red Riding Kit would come out with massive boobs. I was like, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I, I got the computer for for work purposes, Dad, for help me, help me at school. I remember my dad looking at me just going, who gave you this? <laughs> uh, Mate Wayne, Gary. <laughs> no, he, he, funny, he didn't actually. At this particular no. time, I was, I was getting a lot of discs off a mate of mine who, who was a guy called Wayne. Who I'm not sure that you ever met him. Really, he was a really kind, kind guy, and had a disc drive well early on. But he liked to keep well below the radar with it. It's like oh, it was right. like it's like a secret thing that he didn't really talk to people about much. No, yeah. I don't think I did meet him. Um, no, I never got caught. I was very careful. That was, uh, yeah, that was when everyone was out <laughs> time. JW asks, so there's something that I just thought when reading ALH's retrospective on how to get high scores and graduate. Were there any games you played that worked better using the keyboard over the joystick? I remember finding Karatika playable on the keyboard versus using the joystick, probably because of its Apple II origins. No, I don't think I, I very, I mean, I mean, Thrust, obviously, but Thrust was joystick only. I don't think I ever used keyboard if I could avoid it for anything. No, I don't remember any at the time. Oh, uh, Let- Daily Thompson's. Daily Thompson's Decathlon. Because you could, it was port one. So you could use the CTRL and two keys for left and right. I don't remember ever really playing that that much. I remember, I think Prince of Persia on the C64 is better on keyboard, I think. Was that, is that um, a later? That's the modern one. Yeah, 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 it's a newer one. But yeah. other than that, I, I, if it wasn't playable by joystick, it kind of it kind of went into a different bucket for me. So I didn't yeah, really no. do keys because I saw keys as a bit of a spectrum thing. Exactly. That's what I've said so, in the podcast. Yeah, yeah it's like, we've got a joystick, use it. We've got two joystick ports. Even if I see it as an option, I'm like, keyboard <laughs> option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. David Hearn asks, how are you both traveling? I think that's doing. After wading through the waves of dog <laughs> eggs, has the second half of 1988 surprised you? Not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like It surprised it. me. Yeah, it actually has surprised me at how bland it got very quickly. Yes, not just the second half. I think a lot of 1988 yeah, has been... Yeah, that, that surprised me. I remember entering 1988... Because we actually we're now at the end of it, really. But at the beginning, entering it with kind of we had kind of high hopes. I remember at the beginning, if we listened back, we'd probably go in. Well, what's in story? Nineteen eighty-eight. You know, well we've got these big games, but you know it's nineteen eighty-eight and it's a big year for the C sixty-four. Yeah. In reality, it was a, a a year where there was a, it was mostly rubbish with a very few big games in there. When they're good, they're really good. But we said that about nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, the the, the, the cream something. at the top is very thin. Yes, and yeah, and it, it is. And the, the sort of the, the dregs at the bottom is very thick. This is a nasty, this is a cup of tea where your bag split. <laughs> Beetle soup. <laughs> uh, this is, um, it's, I think what's, what clearly, I don't know if it's, uh, towards the end, I think there's been a massive jump off point for a lot of people who have gone to 16 bit. Yeah, I think so too. Now, and that, but I don't, I don't think that's a talent jump. Um, I don't think they've all, all the amazing talent for the C64 has left and they've just left the, you know, the, the coders that were left behind kind of thing. I don't think that's the case because there's still a lot of good games that are still to come out. What I think is um, the, you know, just stick it out kind of mentality is just, it surprised me how long that's existed and how much prevailed. And really that, the whole point of budget releases 
for my money, was that there was an outlet for those kind of cheaper games that did, well, didn't have quite the same produ- production and didn't have quite the same amount of mm. stuff. But you're not paying the same price, so you can expect what you can expect. When those are, you know, those, a lot of those have been really good budget games and have surprised me how good they were compared to some of the full price crap. The last mm. episode is a classic example of that. If you compare it to, if you know, if you compare episode 107 and the games there, which we've just done to 106, there's examples out there where we've had really good budget games that have come out. Yeah, if out. you think of things like Slime, Slime is Mine, um, yeah, that's that's it. Slime is Mine, Poltergeist, there was that other there's one, uh, that Dr- Draconis was all right. There's, there's quite a few of those. And then the best version of Sidearms was a budget one. Yeah, what, just what surprised me with it, 1988 is how consistent the average to below average has become. It's almost become the norm on the C64. And that is something, because we're getting to that point now where I'm not, I didn't play every game on the C64, obviously, back then. I was Not only was I picky, but I was also kind of getting them sent to me via the scene. So I got what I got. I didn't, yeah. I didn't get to go and buy and choose them, and I didn't really look at the magazines. I was getting more interested in the demos by this point. So a lot of the games I'm seeing have just surprised me at how dreary and average they are and how little thought's been put into it that's what surprised me and from really big producers and big production teams as well yeah the the bell curve has shifted down yes and and if you you know and a good if you want to sort of if there's a barometer for that it would be epics epics is your barometer of that yes that's a good point yeah how far epics have fallen i mean this this, obviously history knows that that, 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 i don't think they've long for long for this world at this point are they no no they're on the way out now yeah there you go nick bungus asks what are your current jobs past jobs especially related to computing yep i'm a lecturer in game design at university that's what i do been doing that for 10 years now 10 years Um, my god 10 years prior to that nothing to do with games really but i was just a massive avid games player i always have yeah you was well into it stuff like that that's what i do and also make games when i when i get the chance i make games as well when i can when i can find the bloody time but this is what it is <laughs> yeah you, you've had some, some successfully published games out there so. i have yeah i mean uh, yeah there's i mean you can go play shudder on steam yeah, if you want to go exactly. play that so that's one it's i right made there go get it it is if it's you done. like your retro style one stick one button it's like it was built for the c64 it is maybe you should do a c64 version uh the no. original sprites <laughs> for it i have the original version used uh what's it called the sprite editor for the 64 for the sprites huh. yeah so i have that original build somewhere it's obviously in unity but the original build the prototype for it had sort of c64 circles and sprites like a, that were drew. Oh, that's very cool yeah so uh, i work in uh an educational software is the easiest way of describing what i do um, in terms of that and prior to that i also taught video games design um for Good. a long time um different levels and different things and all sorts of potted history things so yeah that's what we did that's what we do. david hearn asks what triggered the podcast who thought of it how did you pitch it um how did i pitch it to you because i thought of it did you think it would get to episode 100 and still be going strong triggered it was i was walking i'm sorry i'm sure i've told the story i was walking down by the river with my partner and she said do a podcast and i said oh maybe we should do something like where we play every c64 game and call it zap to the past pretty much verbatim and that was that so then i did i pitch you with a text or did i ring you up i think i rang you up dinner yeah uh, i think i rang you said i've got an idea for a podcast this is it and you went yeah that's great let's do it and we went okay and that was it it was it before lockdown or during lockdown it was during lockdown because we started Obviously, twenty twenty one, didn't we? Lockdown, so yeah. it was. It was. We started in the second big lockdown. It was November. We started recording yeah, November right, twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, it was like oh, we've got to do something. Yeah. And <laughs> we was pretty swiftly on it as well because you rang. I mean, you know, gave the idea, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And then we were sort of recording shortly after, not like minutes, but 
No, yeah. not long before we were giving it the first, you know, the infamous episode zero where we were trying to sort of find our feet with it a bit. Yeah. Did we think it was going to get to episode 100? To be fair, no, actually. And the reason for that was maybe we, because we didn't know how many episodes, you know, maybe one a, one, an, one an issue. So we didn't even, there's only 90 issues of Zap or whatever there is. And I don't even know if it goes that far, especially with the later ones, but whatever. But I just thought, well, we might get to episode 90 odd if we do get through them all. But then obviously as we progressed and we realized, you know, some episodes, some issues had 40 odd games. We were like, oh God. So uh, I don't know. I think the episode 100 started to come into focus as we started going and then we yeah. grew an audience and people liked us what we were doing. And that obviously, if you're doing something and it never, if it never, I, th- I think if it had never taken off, if people hadn't liked it, if we hadn't done much, it might have just tapered off. But, you know, it, it people like it, it seems to. Yeah, they seem to like it. And that was the, it's plenty of mileage in it. So I thought, I, I remember thinking it was a good idea when you first said it. Um, and, you know, once we'd got the format, because it obviously took us a few episodes just to find our feet a little bit with timings of things and how the, how it was going to work. But once we, we got there actually pretty quick and then we just, I think what we've done is just iterate over that to the point where, you know, it was, yeah. you know, we've refined it and refined it and refined it. And not just in terms of the number of games that we review, but in the way we do them and the top pace and the tone. Yeah. And it's just got, I think we've got better at doing it, and which is why it's nice that there's 100 episodes because, you know, over that time, if you listen to episode one or two compared to the new ones, they're, you know, they're, they're thematically there, but, you know. <laughs> it's joking Jesus unlike, to what unlike we're the, like. Unlike the C64 games, we've got better at it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Our bell curve's still on the up. And yeah, and I think the other thing is as well, we just got a bit more confident and better at talking into a microphone and just yeah. doing this kind of thing. You should get better over time. You know, you can listen in those early episodes. We're like, uh, yeah, well, uh, uh. a bit, but but I think being, you know, coming from a teaching background helps with that. I think, it you know, did, what yes. we, we, you know being able to think quickly and vocalize your thoughts that isn't easy to do on a, on, that isn't easy. That isn't easy to do. That takes time. And when you're teaching, you do that a lot, especially yes, in do, the yeah. kind of level of teaching, you know, in, in upper um, A-level sort of level three type. And then towards obviously in degree level, you are thinking on your feet a lot and vocalizing your thoughts a lot and constructing ideas and, and trying to make them understandable. And that's a key part of what this podcast is. So it's a, but that is a skill. That is a skill. That is true. It is. Dr. Goggles asked, did we have any other ideas for settling on the zap one? No. Not really, did we? That was it? Uh, no, I think it was pretty much Zap. You know, you came up with Zap to the past and that, that was it. That was it. You know, that yeah. was like a moment in Star Wars, isn't it? That's it. The rebels are there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we've I, I talked about afterwards, and obviously with Battle of the Pilots is running slowly. Yeah, it's sort I mean, of that, going by yeah that's just, that was just a nice little offshoot that we you know, a good little idea on the side. And it's sometimes nice to break up the video game playing into something else. Yes, um, it's just it's just it is like just it's like a bit of a just a bit of a rinse, washing your hands, rinse, rinse your mind a little bit to just yeah. focus on something totally different. And it, oddly, the same problems occur in those, you know, crap actors, <laughs> crap, crappy <laughs> effects, rubbish yeah, stories. This only eight sprites on screen. <laughs> only eight sprites. Yeah, only eight actors allowed on the screen. You have to <laughs> multiplex actors. <laughs> to get it wrong terrible. sometimes, and Martin Lando's bottom half just splits off. Why is yeah. Martin Lando flickering like that? <laughs> Everyone starts juddering and flickering. David Hasselhoff, it's terrible for multiplexing. He gets a raster bar, raster line through his head, raster flicker. That's what his hair he says, is. That's, that's, that's how he explains his hair, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, so that was, that was it. And also as well, keeping it slightly retro-themed as well was kind of, you know, what we like and stuff. Uh, Buzzit says who came up with your tagline we play them so you don't have to that's actually an organic growth out of an episode but I couldn't tell you which episode it's in I'm not sure no. if it was you or me but it's in an episode where we we say it towards the end of an episode we're like oh for god 
remember that we play these games here and after. It's actually an organic thing, but I couldn't tell you when. Yeah. Uh, you'd have to go back and go back and listen to all the episodes to find out. They're all online. They are all online. Just go back and listen. <laughs> you tell us. You tell us. Uh, David Hearn writer asked favorite Street Fighter 2 character uh, <laughs> I don't um, I'm gonna say Ryu um, <laughs> Ryu Chun-Li um, Dalsim um, Blanka uh, Blanka yeah that's the one I like Blanka's the sort of Blanka's the lightning thing what's Dino, the one with the light of, yeah that's the what's that's, the, not Blanka. Blanka what's the one with the with the little straw hat and the lightning what's his name what Street oh, Fighter 2 that's, that's Mortal Kombat in it oh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know Street Fighter 2 I'm trying to think of the character Street Fighter 2 Chun-Li Flip-flop. Ryu Ken Blanka Dalsim E Honda E Honda uh, is the sumo guy isn't he? E yeah Honda, he is yeah I like the one that goes Hadouken is that, is that Ian? Is his name Ian? Oh, Ryu. Ryu. Ian. <laughs> Ian. <laughs> I am Ian. <laughs> I've played a lot of uh, Street Fighter, obviously. The last time I played Street Fighter 2 properly was when I was uh, at, well, p- probably pre-university. So oh, probably about 92, 93. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And that's to your question, don't know. Ask me a favourite character in uh, IK Plus, and it's the blue one. <laughs> Jadov asked, so here's a question inspired by a story, so elsewhere. Stories as follows. Someone back when they were nine asked their mum for Lead Storm on the C64, and she came back with that game you wanted, which was Red Storm Rising. <laughs> <laughs> Dear. Which they tried to play, but, you know, a bit of a play. <laughs> we, tr- we struggled at 50, but imagine trying to play at age nine. So question, Ooh. did you ever ask for a video game and get a completely different one instead? It ended up, uh, did it end up being a stroke of luck or a complete disaster? I had this happen to me back in 86 when I asked for Ghost and Goblins and I got Druid instead from my mum's boyfriend. That was a stroke of luck because Druid mm. is better than the 64 version of Ghost and Goblins. Um, did you ever, have you ever had that? Have you ever got the wrong no, game? No, because I genuinely didn't ask for games off people because because of the re- that exact reason. Because they would, I knew they would never get it right, ever. They had no clue what they were doing. You'd end up with Lee Enfield. Or give my regards to Broad Street. You like Paul McCartney, don't you? My mum wouldn't know what I was talking about. It'd be an alien language. And my dad was not a person that was going to go and ask for anything like that ever. So no. I, just, they just, they, they, I would just ask for the money and go and choose it myself. That, that mercilessly never happened. I think I can't even think of a, an area where it came close. So uh, I don't remember ever getting a game bought for me that like that or asking for one. No, I think not. I mean, not just C64, but I mean, I asked for games thingy, but I'm very specific it's this this system this is the name <laughs> go ask for this yeah this is what i want so no i generally tend to get the ones that i ask for there are times when i've given a range of games when years ago when i used to get a lot of games i was playing a lot of games and i was like right these are the games at christmas pick any from these inside i'd be like pick this one pick this one and often i wouldn't get that one i'd be like oh <laughs> but i'd be like leaving loads of hints going oh i'm really looking forward to playing this i'm <laughs> gonna forget that for and then i wouldn't I'd be like ah, i didn't listen to the hints <laughs> No. And, I go, and then I'd just go straight to the shopping boxing day and buy it because <laughs> I didn't get it. Uh, but no, I don't think I've got anything as, as bad as Lead Storm and got Red Storm Rising. No, I'm the same. I can't think of <laughs> anything where I've got where I've asked for something and got completely different to what I asked for. No, nothing like that. Uh, last uh, penultimate question. Andy Marsh says, is Marty Pello a Necron? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Really, I think it really is a safe bet. He's a neck. Well, he's a neck long, isn't he? Not a he's necron, a neck long, he's a neck yeah, long. sort of thing. He's a giant. What's it sucking? Necron. 
Careful, he's also very, very, you know, he's a tough old bird. <laughs> he is, but you know. You know he'll, he'll, he'll punch the pattern off your face. He will do. And if I hit him in his, if I hit him in his head sort of thing, he'll, his head goes up like E.T.'s. Exactly. You know, he, he sharpens his tongue on the tree bark. <laughs> he licks trees and that's how he sharpens his tongue. So you be careful with that. So he can slice through those oh he so can. thick what's-its that he eats. He can dart his tongue through a car tyre. <laughs> It's been known do you to want do to mess that with well that? When, when someone annoys him, sort of thing. <laughs> what are you doing down there, Pillow? <laughs> Damn you, Pillow! Damn it! Damn it, Pillow! He does both. He does both front and back from one position because his neck is so long. He can just elongate it to either front or exactly. back. Exactly, and he does the sides as well, the side wall, so he can't get a puncher or pick it on it. He's like, he knows what he's doing. Absolutely, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and then he runs off cackling. Exactly. Hello. Hello. Pop my tires again. I'll kill you. <laughs> I'll get you, pillow. I'll get you, pillow. Uh, <laughs> finally, sent me guy. I, I don't know if I can have an accent. This. Can you answer this one? He's thinking about getting a subscription to either New Zap sixty four magazine or Freeze. Do either the, read them? And do we would prefer them? Or why? I don't have time to read either. I'm afraid. Um, I'm so bloody busy. But if you're going to get one, just get them both. Yeah, I would, su- I would suggest. In fact, for different reasons. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I genuinely don't have a lot of time to to, re- to read them. However, I've got I've got issues episodes. I've got issues of them both, and they're both very very good indeed. Yeah. I think Freeze has been around a long time, and so they've got a lot of you know. There's a lot of amazing back catalog you can go through with that as well. Yeah, yeah. I think Zap sixty four has been around for less time, but I think they've got an Amiga and Crash version of that. They're, they're amazing what they do, and then yeah. they're really glossy as well. I mean, don't they are really well produced. If there's nothing else to be said about them, definitely go and check them out on their yeah. various websites and stuff. They're, they're worth a good read. They're all anything like that's a good read. Yeah, I've got the first few issues of Zap and some some of Freeze that I've seen, and they, they do mm. different things. Obviously, Zap is keeping up with the modern trend of new games and stuff, and talking to people. Yeah. Freeze is, I think, more aimed at the retro, looking at the sort of games that came out back then, um, but with some new stuff. I'm not. Sure yeah, he's he's done some amazing interviews in that freeze. I'll give him that. Yeah. Give him his dues. He's got some amazing interviews with some of the developers and that in there. Really, yeah. you know, th- really in depth stuff. So, and I, th- I think him. just just as well from a personal point of view, full time job, playing all these games, writing this podcast, doing everything else. I need to. I just don't have time. I just don't. No, it's not easy to fit everything in. That's for sure. So, so no. So, you know, the answer to your question is get both. Well, your cow tipping days are over, aren't they now? Uh, that's 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 saying off. They are too true. Yeah, I'm I'm just down. To, I'm down to sheep now. It's easier and quicker to do. Yeah, exactly. And I've 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 stopped uh, cracking paving slabs with coconuts. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. true. Sort of thing. Or trying, trying. True. You're yeah. still learning to uh, walk like a crab, though, aren't you? I'm still. You're still yes. Not, you're not yes, given that nearly up there. Yet. Nearly there. No, that's I'm a cancerian. You know, that's that's just the way it goes. That's way true. Goes. Yeah. That's a. Re- so I was thinking about that sort of thing. If someone. Do you think it's a really, if you say cancerian, I suppose not so bad, but, and this kind of sounds quite dark. I mean, with uh, star signs, if someone says to you, star sign, if you say, man, I'm a cancer, that doesn't sound very uh, positive, does it? Well, you don't. You say a cancerian. Yeah. You okay. say I'm a can- yeah. You have to sort of qualify. I mean, I just say I'm a Pisces. Anyone else can get away with it. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm thinking, but cancer's a weird one. Anyway. Yeah. It's just, well, it's just got an unfortunate name, hasn't it? It's got an unfortunate yeah. name. They could but have named right. them all a bit nicer. There's only yeah. that one that's got a bad rap. I don't know why they don't, well, they can't, why didn't they call it crab? I mean, everything else is. <laughs> makes well, sense. Pisces it's the, fish. It, well, it could be, though, couldn't it? Why it could are these fancy pants names? But at least Pisces sounds fishy. Cancer doesn't sound crabby. No, it doesn't. Crabby would have been better. Crabby. Yeah. Clory. I'd, I'd, I'd go for that. Clory, crabby. <laughs> Clippy. Any of that. Clippy. Nippy. <laughs> nippy. You could have been nippy, yeah. What's that side of you? Nippy. I'm nippy. A bit nippy. Hey. <laughs> nippy, nippy. Well, you could, well, they could, I mean, no, lobsters. No, no, lobsters not one. It could have been lobster. So. Yeah, well, you know, if we're going down 
crustaceans, you know, we're looking at different crustaceans for star signs. Yeah, lobster, crab, shrimp, any of them's good. I mean, because um, Scorpio is a scorpion. Yeah, exactly. So they've got, you know, but is there a spider? No, there's no spy. Isn't there a spider? Why isn't there a fly? You could have been, yeah, you could, Arachnia, that would have been a good one. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a planet, though. It sounds like you come from a planet, but it should be Arachnia. Arachnia. But look to the, um, look to the, um, the inspiration from Battle Star Galactica for this kind of thing. <laughs> Virgons. Capricorns, Cancerons, Sagittarians, <laughs> Sagittarians, Pythons, 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 whatever they're yeah, called. There the, the probably is Pythons. <laughs> yeah, there probably is. Probably is. Yeah. Uh, that's more V though, isn't it? The reptiles yes. and lizards. Yes, Here we go. Yes. We digress. There you go. That's all our questions. Thank you very much for them. If I've just said it, thing. If you want to get in with those questions for our next one, which, whenever we do it which you know, kind of happened about twice a season, I think, at this rate. So it's all right. Yes. You can do that. As I said, join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash up to the past, and you can do that. Yeah, so we are in a mid-season break at the moment. We've got 1989 stretching out in front of us. I am not actually going to say what it's going to be like because I don't know just yet. It could be crap. No, it could. Who knows know what it is? We have to wait and see. I'm not making any false promises at this point. 1988 has taught us anything. So there you go, yeah. Thanks for the questions. We're going to go and we'll be back very soon, I think, with the start of 1988. So hopefully you'll be enjoying that and we will see you then. You got anything you wish to add, Graham? No, I think um, there were a good set of questions. Onwards we go. Let's see what comes out of 1989. Maybe that'll prompt even more questions. But thank you. Always nice to have questions to answer. It is. So thanks for those and, and we'll see you again real soon. So bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Zap to the Past podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games, as well as the music, films and TV from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap 64 magazine published at that time. We will return with a whole new batch of games and stuff to talk about next week. Until then, if you want to listen to or download previous episodes of Zap to the Past, and why wouldn't you? They can all be found on our website at zaptothepast.com, as well as being available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, Audible, Player FM, and, well, pretty much anywhere where we can upload them. By the way, we do always love to hear from our amazing listeners, so if you'd like to contact us about anything in the podcast or beyond, you can do so by emailing us at zaptothepast at gmail.com. We're also active on Twitter under at Zaptother, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and most social media platforms. Just search for Zap to the Past and you'll find us. Oh, and if you like the podcast and what we're doing, please do like, share, review, rate us. It really helps. Something, apparently. The Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Graham Raddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2.0 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers, and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap to the Past podcast is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe, see you next time, and remember, we play these games so you don't have to.